Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch radio show. I'm your host, Kimball Auto, and today... With my co-host, David Blackman, we have a great show lined up. We're going to bring in the CEO of Howard Energy, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollack, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer of the Porter Corpus Christi for a brand new announcement on blue hydrogen. So it's definitely a show that our listeners don't want to miss. But first, I'd like to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Bindel is the feature of the latest issue of Shell Magazine, very, very interesting guy, basically saying that shell industry must change to survive, but will the industry listen? It's a great article. You've got to read all about it. If you want more information on Shell Magazine or to read the cover story, please visit shale, dot com. Did you know we are having our State of Energy, Corpus Christi, August 26, 2021, from 1130 to 1 p.m. at the beautiful Omni Hotel in Corpus Christi. Our keynote speaker will be Tracy Bentley, who is the CEO of the Permian Strategic Partners. The moderator for the panel will be Sean Strawbridge, the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi. And the panelists will include Barbara Canales, Judge of Nueces County, Bo McCall, the CEO of Moda Midstream, Brian Freed, the CEO of Epic Pipeline, and Jim Redinger, who is the CEO of Stabilis Solutions. This will be a sold-out event. For more information, be sure to visit shellmag.com and click on the banner ad to get more information on how to obtain your tickets or sponsor the event. Let me tell you about two upcoming mixers. First mixer is set for September 7th at the Hilton Doubletree Sky Lounge in Midland, Texas, as well as we have September 22nd, a mixer happening in Houston, Texas. Huge Landing Boulevard in the Woodlands is where that mixer will take place. To get tickets for either one of these events or for both, please visit shellmag.com and get your tickets there. And be sure to join us for the seventh annual Casa Golf Tournament, Crude Association of San Antonio. It is set for August 27th at the beautiful JW Marriott in San Antonio, Texas. For more information, please visit the banner ad on Shell Magazine's website. That's shale, S-H-A-L-E, M-A-G.com. And now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host and the editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It is, and I'm so excited because we have a great show lined up for our listeners. We're going to bring in the CEO of Howard Energy, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollack, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer of the Porter Corpus Christi for a brand new announcement on blue hydrogen. So it's a definitely a show that our listeners don't want to miss. But let's catch up with oil prices before we bring them on the show. They dropped significantly over the last two weeks. What the heck is going on now? Yeah, uh, gosh, they've fallen like uh, almost uh, 18% really in two weeks since the 1st of August. Uh, There's several things happening there. The first is that OPEC Plus, as they had agreed in mid-July, added back 400,000 barrels of oil per day onto the market. And so that increased supply uh, pretty substantially. You have President Biden trying to pressure OPEC Plus to put even more oil onto the market. 
and the market saw that and and kind of overreacted to it because OPEC plus ended up saying, no, we're not going to do that. We have a plan and we're sticking to it. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing happening is, is ongoing fear uh, related to COVID and, and, you know, outbreaks in several states uh, of the Delta variant and, and all of that. And so there's a growing level of fear in the market that some of these governors are going to start shutting their state economies down like they did last year, even though doing that didn't really have any real effect. Mm -mm. So it's just, it's a, it's, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty in the oil markets and, and market traders, you know, they just hate any uncertainty in their lives. And, and so frankly, I still think they're overreacting to all of this, but uh, you know, it's what they do. And uh, I suspect we'll see the price, you know, continue on a, it may level off here next week, or it might just continue on a, on a downward trajectory for another week or two until people realize that they're overreacting. Right. And you know what? They do that a lot. I just kind of picture a visual they of these do. people with their heads exploding all the time. And it's I can't crazy. imagine what their wives, I can't imagine. Yeah, what I mean, their spouses they, I don't know go through with somebody like yeah. that. Like, Jesus, <laughs> you have a very thin skin. Uh, despite the negative news on oil prices, J.P. Morgan issued a new report last week that projects are pretty bright in the future for oil and gas. So right now you can imagine the greenies heads are exploding. Um, and this is for decades to come. Right. So the re and, and obviously it's because there's just going to be a demand for energy. I don't know how come they don't put this two to, you know, these things together. But right. the report appears to reflect that there are many things that we have been telling um, our listeners all along. Talk to me about the report. And why are we going to be dependent on oil and gas for decades to come? Right. And, and you're right. I mean, it's it's the same things you and I talk about. <laughs> it seems like every week, you know. Um, Thank God that, for this show. <laughs> yeah. You know, people need to um, take all of this hype in the media about this. You know, the energy transition is a thing. OK, but you need to take all the hype about it with a grain of salt because uh, we're not going to go to electric vehicles by 2035 in this country. It's physically not possible. We're not gonna go to an all renewable energy power grid because renewable energy can't do that. It's mm -hmm. not capable of doing that. Uh, we're gonna need to consume oil and natural gas and its, its products and all the plastics and other products that are made from it for many decades to come. And, and that's because our population is growing globally and all of these wonderful little new devices that, that we buy every, every month or every Christmas uh, require dramatically more energy every year. And so demand for energy of all forms is continuing to increase and will continue to increase, you know, through at least 2050 and, and probably longer than that. And JP Morgan in its report correctly points all of that out and correctly points out the fact that we're gonna need to use increasing levels of oil and natural gas for several decades to come. And, and you know, for at least the rest of your and my lifetime, and that's, that's reality. 
That's so, real. Yes. Don't buy the fantasy. Buy the reality. Right. It's shocking. You know, you have this big CES conference <clears throat> that occurs in Vegas every year. It's one of the mm-hmm. largest attended. All yeah. of that new technology, everything you're talking about is going to be energy required, plus all of our medication, all of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Everything is created by a derivative of oil and gas. The mask, these pandemics. It's just crazy to think that, that people don't understand you need energy. Yeah, the media doesn't understand it. media doesn't tell them that. Well, they're and reporting so, yeah. it, though, and they should understand what they're reporting. So much <laughs> for should. journalism. <laughs> Finally, let's get an update on the Biden administration's ban on federal leasing. There was a new lawsuit filed by 11 of the industry the oil and gas industry's trade associations this past week give us some details on that yeah uh, and so of course what as you and i talked about the first of the year when biden said this was going to only last 30 days we said no it's going to last at least the rest of this year and probably for four years that's the plan that's what they want to do now that's patently illegal uh, but that's what they're trying to do is just extend it uh, through the duration of this administration. Uh, but the law is not on their side, and, and the industry knows that. The Administrative Procedures Act has all kinds of requirements in it. The Federal Lands Leasing Act has all kinds of requirements in it and that the, the Biden administration is currently in violation of. Uh, these industry groups uh, understand the law, and they have good lawyers, and they filed a lawsuit in Louisiana federal court that they will win. Um, but, you know, hey, I don't know what difference it's going to make because the industry has already won two different federal lawsuits in federal court, ordering the administration to resume its its leasing program and the the administration refused to do it. So when you have uh, an administration that uh, is happy to, to, I guess, be an outlaw administration and ignore the orders of the the federal courts, uh, I don't know what the industry can do about that, but you know, you have to keep trying. Uh, yeah, you, we can't just stop. And that is an interesting challenge for the oil and gas industry is what <laughs> really you do is. with them. Um, it you know, really is. You know, we've, we've watched over this past week the Afghanistan fiasco occurring. And I'm just curious, as, as sad as this is and as crazy as this is, and, um, you know, this is just disgustingly terrible what's happening. It is. It's tragic. This administration is unstabilizing the Middle East again. Again. Um, do you think where was this going? Was this? I personally think there's there's a reason behind it, um, and it might be let's get back into a real war because there's billions of dollars to be made. But my question is, is this going to affect the oil and gas industry again, and the um, price of commodities, or it, is, does it really not have an impact if we're going to get ourselves it, it, back into that situation? As 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 long as it's isolated to Afghanistan, it doesn't spread throughout the, the Middle East, uh, which I don't think we can trust this administration to prevent that kind of a spread, um, then it probably isn't going to have any real impact on the oil business. Afghanistan doesn't have much of an industry and, and doesn't really impact oil prices. But if the unrest spreads as it has before into Iraq and Syria and and Iran and, and other parts of the Middle East, then yes, it, it could definitely have a real impact. And uh, and what are your thoughts you know, on China going down there and meeting with the Taliban? You, you've well, discussed that there are precious minerals yeah. there. What's all yeah, that I mean, Talib- uh, uh, Afghanistan is, is really home to an extraordinarily uh, wealth of underground mineral resources, including lithium and cobalt and, and other critical metals that are going to be 
crucial. They're, they're crucial to EVs, they're crucial to wind and solar and all other technology, frankly. And so, yes, China is going to step right into the vacuum we're creating in Afghanistan, and they're going to form partnerships with the Taliban to produce those, those minerals and, and corner the market there, which is, you know, what they've been doing in other parts of the world for the last 30 years. And, and our country just sits back and, and allows it to happen. Right. And so that's just another tragic outcome of this catastrophe that's happening over there. With this administration. And, you know, both yeah. countries are well known, well, not countries, but Taliban and China for all these human rights violations. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only thing I don't understand is I don't think China particularly likes Muslim religion. So it's interesting to see how that's going to work. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're enslaving their, their own uh, Muslim people in, right. in China. Right. And, so uh, that's interesting to see them. how that's going to work. But yeah. um, that's, that is all the time we have for this segment. But coming up, we will be joined by Mike Howard, the CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Jeff Pollack, Port of Corpus Christi, and we're going to be covering the new Memorandum of Understanding announced on blue hydrogen uh, between these two companies. You're listening to In the Little Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollack, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer for the Port of Corpus Christi. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Well, Mike, you are no stranger to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Jeff, this is your first time. Uh, obviously, we like to talk about things that are breaking or things that are pertaining to oil and gas and also the new uh, changes that are occurring in energy transition. David Blackman and I became aware of a memorandum of understanding that was executed from the port uh, pertaining to Howard Energy Partners. And so I want to talk about that today. But before we get started, uh, Mike, I'd like to give our listeners a little bit of an intro into Howard Energy Partners. Tell us a little bit about your company. You, you guys have been doing a whole lot here recently, per, just pertaining to like the new track that you're on. You guys own some pipelines. You're kind of considered to be integrated. Can you cover a little bit about what Howard Energy Partners does? Yeah, thank you, Kim. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year, and we're a diversified midstream company, meaning that we have upstream gathering and processing kind of traditional uh, midstream type activities, but then we also have some downstream activities. We have a pipeline in Mexico that supplies uh, natural gas to Monterey for electrical generation. We have uh, oil processing over in Three Rivers where we stabilize off-spec NGLs. Uh, we now have the Havelina plant, which uh, surprisingly uh, actually uh, recycles hydrogen to refineries off of the waste gas streams coming off the refineries in Corpus Christi. Uh, we're in the middle of building a renewable diesel uh, logistics terminal for Diamond Green Diesel in Port Arthur. So we have a, a, a diverse set of assets uh, for a midstream company. Good for you. And uh, Jeffrey, I'd like also, as the chief strategist and sustainability officer for the port, um, y- the port entered in on August the 12th. Uh, that you guys announced a memorandum of understanding with Howard Energy Partners to help convert the company's newly acquired Havelina refinery uh, refinery service facility into the region's first carbon neutral blue hydrogen uh, production plant. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role 
Um, and then, of course, the role of what the port will play in developing this new lower admissions facility. And good for both of you guys for jumping into this. Thanks, Kim. Yes, we're, we're extremely enthusiastic about this. We, we've had a fantastic relationship with Howard Energy. They've been a great customer for us. And um, so the chance to, to, to do something together, uh, you know, at Havelina, which for us is, is really in the sweet spot in terms of scale, because it's a, it's a, a functioning commercial scale facility already producing hydrogen today. It's been you know, doing so for 30 years, taking a waste stream out of the refineries and, and, uh, and, and it's already been a great story of recycling waste gas. And so the chance here to, to gather, to capture that, that CO2 emission stream and either in the interim, find a suitable use for it in industry and in the long-term, find a storage solution for it, completely consistent with our ambitions, both in energy transition and in carbon capture and sequestration. Um, simply put, you know, we, we've been moving black molecules for the better part of a century. We, we have risen to a position of prominence really as the premier energy port in the Americas by volume. Um, that's, you know, that's a, a position in the energy marketplace that, that we've enjoyed and, and would like to keep. And, and for us, we know that means that finding new ways to work with our customer base um, to, you know, to really embrace the changes that we see in the energy space. And I think this is a great illustration of that. Hey, Mike, uh, before we have to go to break here in a couple of minutes, um, just for our listeners, uh, talk about what blue hydrogen actually is and how it's produced or how it will be refined at the, at the Havelina facility. Sure. What blue hydrogen is, and they, 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 they use these colors uh, to describe how the hydrogen is made. And yeah. so what traditional blue hydrogen would be is that you drill for natural gas, natural gas comes out of the ground, you send it through a process called a steam methane reformer that separates out the hydrogen uh, from, uh, from, from, from the natural gas stream. Uh, then you take, uh, in, in blue hydrogen specifically, you take any carbon CO2 that's out of that process, you capture it and you use that carbon for something else. You could sequester it in the ground or you use it in some industrial process. And so that capturing of carbon makes it a carbon neutral process. You get an energy form in hydrogen um, out of that process. What's unique about blue hydrogen and Corpus Christi is the hydrogen that's being produced is from the production of transportation fuels out of diesel, gasoline, and jet fuel. So we're taking that waste stream and, and cleaning up the hydrogen, sending it back. And what we're proposing to do is add the carbon capture and sequestration, which colors it from a gray hydrogen to a blue hydrogen. Fantastic. Very Sounds complicated. No, actually, you, you simplified it so much, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of regretting. I'm like, you know, we, we did a cover <laughs> on you a um, couple of covers back, and I'm like, this is really exciting to show the transition that's happening, and I'm kind of thinking we need to rethink putting you back on the cover again at some yeah. point because there's so much to discuss about the great things you guys are doing in the, in the name of energy transition. Um, we are going to get ready for break, and we definitely want to get back on the topic. There's a lot of great things happening in Corpus Christi pertaining uh, the Port of Corpus Christi, and a lot of new things that are happening with this energy transition. And, you know, there's been a lot of chatter and discussion about, you know, is Corpus Christi kind of ready for this? There's been a little pushback. And I think shows like this and and, and companies like yours, Mike, and the Port, uh, its leadership, just showing that they are also uh, very active and in, engaged in wanting to uh, do their part in making sure that we 
take the environment seriously and look at technologies that are evolving that we can bring that help in, in that uh, fight are all great. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get back on the topic of the energy transition happening in Corpus Christi. We'll be right back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founder Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, Call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollock, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer for the Port of Corpus Christi. Mike, I know that you're probably excited about this new adventure, as we are to be announcing it. But talk to us about what this means. Prior to the break, I said I'm so glad to see, you know, an energy company and a traditional kind of EMP midstream company jumping into what people what these green groups love is blue hydrogen but tell me how it relates to energy transition and what it means to your company yeah just, and, and to be clear what i'll the way i think about energy transition is we've been transitioning energy forms for hundreds of years right back when yeah. we used to burn trees uh then we went to charcoal then you know oil and natural gas and even uranium and so we're, we've been transitioning and you never leave an, an old energy source behind so i'm not of the opinion that fossil fuels goes away only 18 percent of the energy consumed on the planet for electricity uh and we're talking about a lot of transition around electricity transportation fuels and the and the rest of the energy for heating industrial use for transportation there's no transition going on there. Fossil fuels right. are the primary source. And so uh, I want to be very careful uh, not giving people the impression that, well, you're, if you're a fossil fuel company and you're going to transition, that you believe that fossil fuels are going away. We actually don't. We believe we're getting better at fossil fuel uh, energy production because we are inherently good at what we do at extracting te- energy from the planet on what we're given. And we are, in our industry, our employees and our mentality, we are set up to handle the energy transition better than any other industry. Uh, so it's very natural for our employees to look at carbon sequestration. We know the upstream uh, producers that can drill a well. We know the chemical engineering. I'm a, 
I used to play a chemical engineer in my former life before being a, a CEO. Um, and, and so we, we, we know what to do to have the chemical processes and piping to handle energy transition. And by the way, we're not promoting hydrogen. We're being asked for hydrogen. So we are responding to the market. If the market yeah. wants hydrogen, we can respond. And Jeff, uh, uh, the port, uh, you know, talking about the Port of Corpus Christi, you guys have historically played this huge role uh, in, in the oil and gas industry, and it's just gotten bigger over the last several years. But I know you also have plans to play a big role in this low carbon energy space as it evolves. Talk about how this blue hydrogen project, you know, helps to advance those plans at the port. Sure. And, and, you know, to Mike's point, um, we're a conduit, we're a gateway. I mean, we, we are the pathway through which, you know, a preponderance of, of the world's energy, domestically produced energy bound for markets, finds those markets. And so, um, you know, to, to a great extent, we are going to be responsive to whatever the commodity those markets are demanding. And as we see more and more interest in hydrogen in Asia and parts of Europe, um, particularly in places that aren't necessarily capable of producing their own, where we know where it's going to be an imported commodity, we want to be part of that story. Um, and, and and really, this this partnership is is what we see as as a a key early step in our aspiration to be a hydrogen hub in the United States. We know as the infrastructure package makes its way through Congress, there's a potential for the designation of multiple hydrogen hubs. We've been very declarative in our in our interest in what we think um, makes us uniquely suited to potentially be one of those hubs. Yeah. Um, you know, but 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 to Mike's point, for us, energy transition is not, it's not a punctuated departure from everything we've done before. This is about, and 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 again, that's why why this partnership with Howard is such a great illustration. This is about us finding new ways to support our existing customer base in the way they do business today, the way they're going to do business tomorrow. Um, for us, and, and I'll sort of riff off, off Mike's point a little bit, he mentioned the, the colors of hydrogen, the blue and the green designation. We've really very quickly um, tried to stop even talking in those terms and instead talking about a continuum of carbon intensity because uh, case in point with blue hydrogen, as Mike said, historically thought of as, as methane that is extracted specifically for the purposes of creating hydrogen. In the case of the Havelina plant, 100% waste stream gas coming off of yeah. existing refining process. To you know, to talk about that as gray or blue really already defies categorization. So, um, for us, as we talk about bringing hydrogen production to world export scale, to you know, to satisfy the demand of the markets with which we already trade, we think the corresponding story. Uh, we think there is a corresponding story in carbon capture and management in the form, in some cases, of, of carbon use, but ultimately in geologic storage of carbon. And so we we really think that co-developing um, a hub in in CCS, carbon capture and storage, and co and with with co-development of of new capabilities in hydrogen production are a part of empowering our customers on their current trajectories, uh, both in terms of process need and, and what we've heard in terms of, of their own energy transition objectives. Very good. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back.
And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollock, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer for the Port of Corpus Christi. Mike, let me go to you and ask you, um, there have been a couple of anti-natural gas professors out of Cornell University have put together a new study recently in which he claims that the production of blue hydrogen is worse for the environment uh, than releasing natural gas into the atmosphere. There's also been discussion on cost effectiveness of hydrogen. How do you respond to it? Yeah, so uh, we, we study this a lot, right? And we saw the same study come out about the same day we announced yeah. the uh, Port of Corpus Christi partnership. And it's not the timing is, is perfect, right? IPCC put out their report on Monday. Then you had Cornell and Stanford put out their report on blue hydrogen. And we did a press release for the Port of Corpus Christi on blue hydrogen. You know, so everybody is trying to get their narrative out there. And what that study, what you have to look through the study on is what's the goal of the study. What they are against is anything that would promote the use of fossil fuels longer. And they know that uh, if on, on something like blue hydrogen, that if that's a way that they are saying that that the industry could color uh, hydrogen to promote the use of fossil fuels longer. Because again, blue hydrogen is when you drill for natural gas, you make natural gas, you put it through a process to make hydrogen, then you burn the hydrogen for energy. That inefficient process uh, is could be viewed as more carbon intensive than if you just burn natural gas to start with. Uh, what they're ignoring is something like the Havelina facility in the Port of Corpus Christi, when the hydrogen is a byproduct and a waste embedded in a waste stream off the transportation fuel process of diesel, gasoline, and jet fuel, where energy transition, again, there is no conversation right now going on on replacing those fuels currently. Besides electric vehicles, jet fuels, ship fuels, other uh, industrial heating um, applications, where most of our energy is used today, uh, there's not a lot of conversation going on because the technology, we don't know how to do that thermodynamically yet. And so we have to get better at producing energy. Sequestering carbon is a way to do that. And if the market is asking for hydrogen, we're going to be there to, to provide it. So while Cornell and Stanford are not wrong in their assumptions, it, 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 it's a little dishonest to say that there's no application for hydrogen because there is. In the right in the right environment, especially if the market's asking for it. Right. Yeah, I you know Mike and and, and Jeff the, the the environmental lobby, um, and it's a very big lobby, and nobody likes to call it that, but that's what I call it. Um, there, you know, it's it's obvious that they're already mounting this effort, and it's it's a national effort and probably a global effort to demonize blue hydrogen and certainly gray hydrogen, uh, similar to what they did with hydraulic fracturing. Um, and I, you know, I, I guess, and I, what I'm wondering, you know, Mike, specifically, since you're going into this part of the business, uh, is, you know, we in the oil and gas industry mounted a, a you know, a, a counter operation related to hydraulic fracturing in 2009, uh, you know, a concerted effort to counter this negative messaging. I just... Do you think that the, the blue hydrogen industry is going to have to kind of do the same thing to counter these? I mean, this study out of Cornell, Mike, uh, uh, Professor Howarth has issued these anti-natural gas studies for 15 years now. And they're, they're always debunked and they're always based on specious arguments and bad data. 
and so I, I just wonder if, if, if the blue hydrogen industry, if you think there's going to have to be, you know, a mounting of a concert, uh, a, a counter PR campaign. I think they're going to have to do that because they have to convince their users of their energy, their off takers to pay more than natural gas or they have to come up with laws and regulations to increase the cost of traditional fossil fuels to where blue hydrogen is competitive. Uh, no different than any other lobbying effort for any other energy source. So yeah. I don't know if that's gonna be the fossil fuel industry promoting blue hydrogen as much as it is the end users promoting lower carbon energy sources for their users. And so I, I'm, I, I can see both sides and I'm, I'm a capitalist. I'm going to go uh, provide a market with whatever they're asking for. Uh, if it if it's in our core values as a company, and this exactly is, is because we believe that the world needs more energy, not mm -hmm. less. We're not going to dictate what energy the world uses. We're going to listen to what they want, and we want to be the ones providing that energy for years to come. You know, Mike, it, people would be wise to listen to you a little bit more because if you are trying to get to this net zero and you're concerned about climate change and you want greener and newer technologies you know this isn't what the cornell university study is about as as you stated earlier it's about taking products that are waste products and cleaning them up isn't that what they want it's not specifically in oil and gas but like david said this is how they're going to couch it and people are not going right. to understand that um I, you know in in, in talking and we're going to run out of time we might have to bring this back up on the break but i'm wondering if you have the number um, a lot of people might be surprised that the high percentage of overall hydrogen supply right now being provided by blue hydrogen. Do you have any of those numbers? Jeff, I'll, I'll turn to you. I, I don't know that I have that. It's a very small percentage. That's right. And it, I, yeah, I'm short answer. No, I, I don't have that stuff at my fingertips. Um, but it is already I, being in, utilized and is in use. Is. Um, and so taking diesel, which is you know a dirty product and cleaning it to a degree, I would think that that would be a great thing that the environmentalists would be saying, you know, we're cleaning it up. It's kind of like recycling water. I guess since it has something to do with natural gas and oil and gas, they're going to demonize it as much as they can to, to try to uh, stop this, like you said, to continue on with oil and gas. We're going to get ready for break. When we come back, Jeff, we're going to turn a little bit, uh, some questions to you about uh, the low carbon venture partnership that the port has already in place with and drill down a little bit deeper into how this partnership is going to work with the Port of Corpus Christi. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show and we'll be right back. Psst. Hey you, do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link. Enter your information and we'll get you set up. Join the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today. Join us for the 6th Annual State of Energy Luncheon on Thursday, August 26th in beautiful Corpus Christi at the Omni Hotel on North Shoreline Boulevard starting at 1030 a.m. The keynote speaker this year is Tracy Bentley, the CEO of Permian Strategic Partnership. Other speakers include Bo McCall, the CEO of Moda Midstream, Judge Barbara Canales, and Brian Freed, the CEO of Port of Corpus Christi. 
Christy, Sean Strawbridge will be the moderator for the luncheon. Don't wait to get tickets as this will be a sold-out event. Email aslan at shalemag.com for tickets and sponsorship information. That's aslan at shalemag.com. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of Howard Energy Partners, Mike Howard, as well as Jeff Pollack, who is the Chief Strategist and Sustainability Officer for the Port of Corpus Christi. You know, the, so the port is is entering into this new MOU and this broad partnership with, with uh, Howard Energy. But I know that you probably, the port, has other projects on the book related to uh, low carbon kinds of ventures. And I was just wondering if there's anything, you know, other products or projects that are, that you guys have in the works that you might want to, but, you know, without revealing anything confidential that you might want to, you know, talk about today. Yeah, David, thanks for asking. So, um, a little earlier this spring, we announced an MOU with Aries management to co-develop, um, a large solar array, a, a, uh, battery, um, battery storage to support that solar. And then ultimately the ambition is, is to co-develop green hydrogen production, which would be the dedicated off-taker of the electrons from that solar array. Green hydrogen, you know, talking about the flavors of hydrogen here, green hydrogen right. being derived entirely from water, passing electrons that come from a renewable source through water to separate off hydrogen atoms. So, um, you know, I guess I mentioned this to say that that we're really trying to to think of uh, diversifying ener- our energy portfolio, and, both on the the production and the the export side, um, in a full spectrum way. And so, to in that sense, we're agnostic about that, how that happens. This is a case where um, Aries took interest in the the Port of Corpus Christi as a you know and and the Greater Cor- Coastal Bend as a region came to us with this idea. So. Um, you know, that's an exciting one for us. It's a bit different than, than talking about using a, a gas waste stream and, and pulling hydrogen from it. I mean, we're excited about that in its own right. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is that, you know, we're, we're generally just working on quantifying per the Havelina model, how much waste gas is being produced and flared, treated as a waste stream in the greater port region, because to us, that represents an incremental opportunity right out of the gate. And and when you talk about this waste gas from the refineries, it, it, is it all flared, or is is there are there other ways of uh, disposing or recycling the gas currently? I think I, the short answer is there there are a variety of ways in which I think that carbon is, is handled. Or excuse me, that methane is handled. I think Mike is is far better suited to answer that than I am. And and certainly some of those waste streams are easier to grab than others. Yeah, um, there's a there's a practicality dimension here for sure. And I'll just jump in to say that, that uh, you know, this is a long-term partnership. This is going to take collaboration, which each of the refineries in the Corpus Christi area, each of the chemical plants in the area, this is not a 
only Howard Energy and only Port of Corpus Christi. It's going to take a collaboration because there's a lot of in, uh, users uh, of energy in the area that, and a lot of emitters uh, that, that are going to have to participate in this over the long term. But you got to take baby steps. You got to start somewhere. Havelina is a great place to start, and then you want to grow that infrastructure uh, over time. And so this is a multi-year, uh, maybe multi-generational type type uh, uh, project. Mike, just for clarification, well, I'm sorry, David, just for clarification, so you recently acquired the Javelina plant, which is located um, in the coastal Bend area. What Was it processing the same thing, or what are you doing differently? Or are you just bringing it up to more of a uh, standard that meets now the environmental standards? Is What is the difference of what you're, you know, when you acquired this refinery, how will you be doing things differently? Yeah, so 30 years ago, the six refineries in Corpus Christi built Havelina, and they did that because a very hard process to take this waste stream of olefins, which is ethylene, propylene, some hydrogen, methane, NGLs, and separate all of them back up and make them usable products again. Before, they would just burn all those things in heaters in the refineries. And so to reduce the emissions in Corpus Christi, they got together and made this very complicated process. And then over the years, that 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 plant has changed hands. What we saw the opportunity in South Texas, and obviously being a chemical engineer educated in South Texas, I ran plants that competed with Havelina in that in that area. Wow. I ran fractionators and natural gas plants. So I had like this this uh, uh, foresight to say, let's take what that is. Looking forward to these ESG projects that we're doing nowadays, take this plant and and make it more modern by adding carbon sequestration to it adding new markets to maybe even um, taking propane to uh, Mexico. There's new ethylene plant being built down there. Can we, produce, can we provide markets with, uh, with our product instead of sending it to uh, Houston? Maybe we can keep some of the product local and upgrade some of the product pricing for the refineries. Again, enhancing the services to our refinery customers, not reducing the services to our refinery customers. So we're just taking what was already done by others and, 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 and making it better. Hey, I wanted to go back just very quickly to the infrastructure bill. Uh, are there any provisions in that bill, and I'm not an expert on it, that, that relate to, to hydrogen and, and, you know, I mean, are going to kind of incentivize uh, the development of hydrogen, say, as a transportation fuel? Um, I don't know what might, might or might not be in that bill related to that. I can, Mike, I can start there if, if that's okay. The, the short answer is yes, there are. Um, I think we've seen, you know, we've seen the, the, the federal objectives around decarbonization and energy transition sort of coalesce around hydrogen as a primary pathway to still maintain, um, you know, domestic balance trade around, around energy commodities and, and domestic energy security um, and, and still address some of the, the decarbonization targets that are coming out of the federal administration. So that bill does include the, uh, the designation of four hydrogen production hubs nationally, and then talks about a variety of ways that, that federal policy, both funding and policy, can, can support that hydrogen production. So there, there is a, a clear eye towards ratcheting up hydrogen at a commercial scale for export coming out of the administration. But the location of those hubs has not yet been designated, correct? There's actually the 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 bill as written delineates um, an application process where there's a request for proposals and or there will be and and uh, and those entities that that you know wish to seek that designation will will submit materials, qualifications and and uh, justification for why why they're well suited to do so. 
We're, Mike, I'll give you the last word on what can we expect from your company here in the next couple of months? What, what, what will we see roll out with this blue hydrogen? Or you guys plan on doing uh, more community involvement and in discussing this project? Or what will we be seeing from Howard Energy yeah, Partners? What, what you'll see is starting to collaborate with uh, our customers. Uh, the six refineries that come into Javelina, you'll start seeing some collaboration around there. Uh, you'll start seeing some possibly some carbon sequestration projects that we have out in the field with products that connect to Corpus Christi. Uh, and so there's, we, we have multiple things going on. I'm calling it ESG projects. That may be an unfair way to look at it, but I'm calling them ESG projects because we, of course, are building renewable diesel uh, logistics. Um, they're taking actual animal fat, converting it to diesel, and we're handling the storage, rail, and deep water port stuff in the in the in, in Port Arthur area, different ports than the Port of Corpus Christi. But you're you're going to still see a lot of that from us because again, that's what the market's asking for. That's where capital is being allocated, and we're a um, we're we're, we're, we're capitalists. That's what we that's what we want to do is figure out how to help people meet their goals. Well, I love seeing that you want a partnership, and there's plenty of it seems like there's more work coming into the area for partnerships. I want to thank you, uh, Jeff Pollock and Mike Howard, CEO of Howard Energy Partners, for joining us today and discussing the memorandum of understanding coming out of the Port of Corpus Christi and Howard Energy Partners pertaining to blue hydrogen. Thank you for being a guest on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.